Good morning, all, and welcome to the Morning Cup here at the Conservation Project. This is the new 15 minutes or less morning show that gives you the unbiased news that you need to know while you drink your morning coffee. So with that being said, let's get you ready for the water cooler. All right, kicking things off, we're going to start with this. So yesterday... September 13th, a package explodes on the Boston campus. Uh, the FBI is currently involved, uh, and so far there's one person injured. So let me break this down for you. According to AP News, a package exploded on the campus of Northeastern University in Boston late Tuesday afternoon. Uh, the college said that a staff member suffered minor injuries. Authorities have said a sus another suspicious package was found near a prominent art museum, and the FBI was assisting with the investigation. That parcel blew up, and it was one of two that were reported to the police early in that evening. Uh, Boston's bomb squad neutralized a second package near the city's Museum of Fine Arts, which is on the outskirts of that northeastern campus. NBC Boston is reporting that the package that exploded went off as it was being opened near the university's Holmes Hall, uh, which is home to the university's creative writing program. It said that the uh, FBI was assisting this investigation. Now, authorities are declining to elaborate further as of right now, but Northeastern spokesperson Shannon Nargi uh, said in a statement that an unidentified university staff member suffered minor injuries to his hands in the explosion. Felipe Colon, a Boston's police superintendent later described the victim as a 45-year-old man. Police converged on the campus shortly before 7.30 p.m., and the university asked students who had gathered in that evening uh, journalism class to evacuate that building. Uh, Northeastern is a private university in downtown Boston. It's got about 16,000 undergraduate students. One of the local reporters, uh, Mike Boudet, was teaching a class there at that time, and he told the station his class was moved outside, but that neither he nor his students actually heard an explosion. Michael Davis, chief of Northeastern's police force, told reporters that the campus was secure, uh, but the Boston police didn't say whether any other suspicious packages were found. Uh, this is a quote from the Suffolk County District Attorney Kevin Hayden, and he said this, we're monitoring the situation at Northeastern and we're ready to work with the university and our law enforcement partners on any prosecutions that may develop. Uh, uh, he's promised that a comprehensive investigation to, to determine exactly what occurred here will happen. Now, Harvard University and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, both on the other side of the Charles River, said that they were increasing patrols on their campuses just as a precaution and urging students and faculty to report anything suspicious. Um, now, today's or Tuesday's explosion marked one of the first big scares in Boston since 2013, obviously the Boston bombing. Uh, and so far, the only thing that's been released is that one gentleman, 45-year-old, it was described as lacerations to his hand. Now, at this point, there is not much more that has developed or has been released. It got pretty late when this really started to develop. So this is going to be an ongoing thing. Don't be surprised if you hear about this again, especially from here, because this is a pretty big thing. There's been a lot of stuff in the news about shootings and threats of shootings, things of that nature, but nothing has become uh, explosive ordnance up to this point, up and really till this Northeastern University uh, incident. So... Be on the lookout as more things come out about this and as the investigations are launched, and be prepared for that to come up again here and in other podcasts. Another developing story is coming out of California near 
Los Angeles, actually east of Los Angeles, there's been major cleanup efforts and just damage assessments in general as uh, heavy rains have unleashed massive, massive mudslides in a mountain area scorched, scorched by the wildfire that happened two years ago that sent boulders across the road, carried cars away, and made shelter-in-place orders. It was, a, it was a big, big deal. Now, firefighters have been going street by street to make sure that no residents were trapped after the mud flows began. Uh, now, this happened Monday night is when it really started to happen, and it was near the community of Forest Falls. Now, Eric Sherwin, spokesperson for the San Bernardino County Fire Department, said crews haven't found anybody who needed to be rescued, and no one has been reported missing so far. There have been varying levels of damage so far to multiple homes, other structures, and Sherman said even a commercial building where the mud was so high that it actually collapsed the roof. There's things like rocks, dead trees, other debris, all pushed down this slope with in very intense force in Forest Falls, Oak Glen, and Yukaipa. Sherwin goes on to say, quote, we have boulders that moved through that weigh multiple tons and it could take days to find all the cars that are missing because they are completely covered in mud. If you haven't seen it, look this up because there are videos and pictures that will blow your mind. It is unlike anything I've ever seen. And there's even reports saying that if you try to step into it, you immediately get submerged, you get stuck, you get lost in it. It's almost like a quicksand scenario where you get in, it's almost impossible to get out. Now, the craziest part of this is this started with a, a thunderstorm that developed about two inches of rain that fell on the, the, the ridge, the Ukaipa Ridge. Due to this, it kept around 2,000 homes in the San Bernardino Mountains communities uh, under evacuation orders. And these orders were expected to remain until at least Wednesday, possibly longer, as the damage is assessed and they evaluate the conditions of the road and infrastructure because it's not just the initial damage itself to houses, buildings, communities, but it's also the infrastructure and the roads themselves. Under this amount of force, they're just worried that there's going to be some sort of road damage and hesitancy to get people out and traveling again because it could be unsafe to travel on. Now, this is awful for all of the obvious reasons, but there is more to this than just what's on the surface. So obviously, we have talked about this, and you've seen it in the news cycles for these last couple weeks, about how Southern California has been getting really horrible wildfires, and firefighters have been fighting that very, very heavily in a 20-plus mile area south of the mudslides. Now, all of this is a product of what happened a couple years ago, when these 2020 blazes happened, deemed the El Dorado fire, that essentially laid the groundwork for what you're seeing here. There's no vegetation that has grown over that can withhold any of this kind of force. It's nothing that can limit it. It's just dirt that's turning into the mud and it's slipping down the mountains. That was even quoted by Sherwin saying that exact line. This too is a developing story, but it's also a major one because of that general area already being under attack with this fire that's grown rampant. However, that fire has been contained by approximately 62%, but with this happening in that same general area as well, there's a lot happening in California that's going to be in the news cycle for a while. So again, this is going to be something that is updated as more numbers and more casualty numbers are updated, be it from the fire or from these mudslides, so stay tuned for that as well. 
All right, so lastly, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room, and that is U.S. inflation. Now, this is coming from AP News. The U.S. inflation is showing signs of entering a more stubborn phase, quote-unquote, that will likely require drastic action by the Federal Reserve, a shift that has panicked financial markets and heightened the risk of a recession. Now, some of the longtime drivers of the higher inflation, i.e. spiking gas prices, supply chain issues, used car prices, all of this kind of stuff is starting to come down a little. However, underlying measures of inflation are actually worsening. Yesterday on Tuesday, the government said that inflation has actually ticked up to 0.1% from July to August and 83 from a year ago, which was down from June's four-decade high of 9.1%. However, excluding the volatile categories of food and energy, so-called core prices have jumped unexpectedly 0.6% from July to August after a rise of 0.3 from the previous month. This is important because they were actually expecting this to go down by at least 0.1 and it actually went up 0.6. So that is something to pay attention to. This is going to be an up and down battle as we have been seeing, but there's more to come on that as time goes on. The real thing that you have to pay attention to in this scenario are what they call the core prices. And the core prices solidify, at this point, worries that the inflation is now spread into essentially all corners of the economy. So here are some numbers and facts to take with you and kind of help break this down. So economists fear that the only way for the Fed to slow the consumer demand is to raise interest rates so high to sharply increase unemployment and potentially cause a recession. Typically, as fear of layoffs rise, not only do the jobless reduce spending, so too do many of the people who fear losing their jobs. Now, some economists think that the Fed will have to raise its benchmark short-term rate much higher, to 4.5% or above by early next year, more than the previous estimates of 4%. The Fed's key rate is now in a range of 2.25 and 2.5. Higher rates from the Fed would in turn lead to higher costs for mortgages, auto loans, business loans, etc., the Fed is widely expected to raise its benchmark short-term by a substantial three-quarters of a point next week for a third consecutive time. Tuesday's inflation report even led some to, to believe and speculate that the central bank could announce a full percentage point hike. If it did, that would amount to the largest increase since the Fed began using the short-term rates in the early 1990s to guide consumer and business borrowing. Even though headline inflation barely rose last month, underlying inflation, which reflects broader economic trends, have worsened. A measure that the Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland uses to track median inflation, which essentially ignores categories with the biggest price swings, rose 0.7% in August, and that was the biggest monthly increase since records began in 1983. Higher prices have yet to cause much of what economists call quote-unquote demand destruction, which is a pullback in spending that could quell inflation. Though higher gas prices have caused Americans to drive less, there isn't much evidence of a significant cutback elsewhere. Restaurant prices have jumped 0.9% in August and have risen 8% in the last year. In July, spending rose 0.2% after adjusting for higher prices. Rental costs have increased 6.7% in the last year, the most since 1986. Now, wages and salaries jumped 6.7% in August from a year earlier, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta's wage tracker, the biggest increase in nearly 40 years. Now, economists had hoped that rising service prices would be offset by falling costs for goods such as new and used cars, furniture, clothing, items that spiked during the pandemic. 
As supply chain backups have improved and a better flow of such goods were expected to bring prices down, however, so far that hasn't happened. Given that in the last year this has been a major topic of discussion and something that has ebbed and flowed and been in the news cycle endlessly, you have to understand that this will be a continuous thing that comes up in this. People need to know. People need to know how these percentages are moving, and this is a day-to-day -day thing. So expect this to come up a lot in, in upcoming episodes because this is a big topic of discussion. Well, from all of us here at the Conservation Project, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Morning Cup. There's just a lot of things happening in this news cycle right now. There's a lot of major events, inflation, things happening that are more than just bullet point stories. There's stuff happening constantly and updates to all of this constantly. So with that said, if you enjoyed this, make sure you like, thumbs up, subscribe, wherever you're listening, however you're listening to it. We appreciate it and we hope you enjoy. But that's going to do it for us here. You guys have a great day.